You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 302. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm Debbie Cohen. How are you this week, David? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Just, arri- just arrived back from London. Been working down in the smoke, as we call it. Here. In the smoke. Do you, know what, do you know why we call it the smoke? Because it was uh, smoky back in the day. Uh, yeah, it was famous in the 50s for what they called these pea supers, which were these um, kind of smoke mixed with fog mm-hmm. things that were, you know, they make, they make I, I mean, people were, there was one, there was one uh, winter where people were dying in the hundreds from this stuff. Um, and that's when we decided to introduce some legislation. So um, since then, um, London has had a reputation as being smoky. So they've cleaned all the buildings up now, but for a long time, even when I was a kid, I remember all the kind of buildings which had any sort of marble or anything on it were all blackened by soot. you know hundred years of soot. Yeah. Yep. So yep. yeah. Are you surprised so we, I knew that? Uh I guess you've watched some Sherlock Holmes uh serials and movies over the years which kind nope. of always portray London as foggy and smoky. No, I just remember reading a book once. I had that right. little tidbit in there and just one of those things that stick with you, yeah. you know, books that you read when you're younger that you remember fondly. And then you go back many years later and reread and it's not very good. Yeah. I, there's, yeah, I think I talked about one here on this show or possibly way back in the MyMac days called, I think it was called flashback. And I remember reading it in like junior high or something. And the, um, idea was this person's it's towards the end of the eighties or something. And he has a heart attack and kind of dies, but then he wakes up and he's in his 18 year old body in college right? with his full memory. So he relives his life and makes, you know, a lot of changes. And I, I always liked that idea. And in my mind, it was a really great book. So I went, back, I don't know, a decade ago or so, and reread it. I bought it, found it on eBay, and bought it. It wasn't as good as I remember. Yeah. In fact, it was c- kind of crappy, to be honest. Which, you know, kills your childhood thing or something. I don't know. It just wasn't as good as I had remembered. Well, yeah, and, and with that sort of thing, I always wonder whether it's the lack of experience you have when you experience those things the first time around that make them kind of you know don't hold up the second time around or whether in fact it's the rose tinted glasses thing and you, your memory of it is 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 better than how it actually was at the time mm, i would say it's probably the former because yeah. when i read it it had a, a pretty powerful impact on me i wanted to write a similar story but that would take place in the future and then you'd go back to the 80s but of course at that point I didn't know what was going to happen in the future, so I couldn't write a book like that. Plus, of course, you know, copying this guy's idea exactly probably wouldn't have been cool. But it kind of inspired me a lot. And I thought about that story for many years. And like a significant event would happen. And in the small hours of trying to fall asleep, I would flash back uh, Mm. to that book and wanting to write something similar myself and thought, well, this would be a big thing for the book. Yeah, there was. Um, it's funny you say that. There was a, a similar. It, it was kind of a different twist on the same 
idea that I remember reading as a kid, and, and this is the story that's always stuck with me. Um, this was, I, I forget who wrote it now, it, it was one of the big famous sci-fi authors from the kind of the 50s to 60s, you know, the Asimovs and people sure. like that. Um, and the idea of this one was that um, a guy dies and then wakes up in the future, and what's happened is he's been cryogenically frozen and then revived in the future, mm-hmm. Um and he and he um i think that's what it was or maybe he maybe his soul was pulled some so anyway so somehow he ended up in the future in a new body um and it turns out that this is something that rich people do and and in the future they have the technology to they know that life after death exists but only for certain people and you could be treated so you actually will have life after death but it's very very expensive um and it's kind of this dystopian world where there are suicide booths and all this sort of thing and he he kind of gets mixed up in all this corporate intrigue about um you know pulling people from the from the past and and allowing rich people to be reincarnated in other people's bodies and all this sort of thing i remember it, it was it was i don't remember the details of stories you can probably tell but i remember the the concept the idea really kind of stuck with me and i've never as you can tell i've never forgotten it yeah those are the kind of stories that stick with you and they kind of influence you know what you like going forward i think yeah so yeah. i don't know i I've been reading a lot lately, but nothing that's like, wow, that was so great. I'm go- I cannot wait to reread this in the future. Yeah. Uh, the last big book I read was a Star Wars book on uh, Michael Breed's recommendation called Thrawn. Um, yeah, it was good. That one. It was uh, Thrawn was one of the great characters that they kind of the extended star wars universe invented well um, it started the whole star wars extended universe because remember at after return of the jedi we got nothing there was no yeah. books there was no comics there was no movies it was over and done with and then in the very early 90s uh timothy zahn got permission to write a star wars book now they made him change it um if you remember did you read the original one the thrawn yeah. trilogy okay so Originally, you remember the, the the Jedi that Luke Skywalker goes to find? Because he's like, oh my God, there's a Jedi alive. It's Kabroth or something like that. Yeah. That was supposed to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. It mm-hmm. was it was going to be a clone of Kenobi. But they made him change that. Lucas did. Right. Um, but the bad guy in that book is this tactical genius mastermind who was a Grand Admiral in the Outer Regions that wasn't part of you know the what happened on Endor and all that. So after the Endor battle and you know, there's a lot of strife within the empire and he's the guy that pretty much is putting it all back together. Yeah. It's kind of, um, he, I, I think he was clearly the inspiration for the first order in the force awakens. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they almost kind of took that concept and went, yeah, well, let's, let's kind of retrofit this. I, I personally, I think they should have just used Thrawn as the bad guy. Well, yeah, they, they've, I mean, they have brought him into the universe now cause he's in rebels. Yes. So, um, you know, he's now officially part and, and I've heard rumors that, that they perhaps might have him in the, in the upcoming movies. I don't know. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've not seen the current season of rebels yet, so I don't know what happens to him. That might be, uh, that might not be possible, but then it's sci-fi, so you know, just like superheroes, nobody ever really dies if the writer wants them back. Yeah. Speaking of superheroes, I, uh, you know, after the last week's show, I said I had plans to take the kids 
last Sunday and see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and we did do that, and I have to say, I agree with you, it wasn't as good as the first, um, but it was almost as good as the first, and that's high praise. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, I and funny, funny enough, I read uh, on Slash Film this week they had a kind of a staff list of the kind of they ordered the Marvel comic, uh, cinematic universe movies and they put the original Guardians at, at number one, um, and I, you know that's a, that's a very personal choice, but it's de- it's definitely up there. Um, I think yeah, this is this is not far behind. No, um, it's in know, the top it, ten easily. Yeah, the reason it, the reason it can't be better than the first is just because the first was so original and so different um and obviously it's it's hard to top that every now and again somebody pulls it off but this is this is truly truly fine entertainment you will uh if you if you enjoyed in any way the first movie then you will definitely love this one oh totally agree i i wanted more and yeah I, i think that's kind of it's a smaller movie in that it the time frame of this movie is a week, right? Whereas the first one, yeah, maybe that was a week too. But the, the first one was much more grand, and it's introducing new characters. You're getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And these are characters that weren't even big in comic books, let alone any other outlet. So they have the... If you look at the Guardians lineup, I mean, it's it's not even normally accepted to be this particular group. I mean, there are other people who've been in and out over the years. Yeah, and in fact, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, it didn't have any of these people in it. The very first one from back in the 70s actually made a cameo in the new movie with Sylvester Stallone and the yeah. the, you know, the Crystal Dude and Yondo. Those were the original Guardians. And, and I, I didn't know that before, so uh, I I only found that afterwards. Because I remember during the movie, I think you bought kind of the, the references on here that I'm not getting. So, yeah. It was, it was a good it was movie. Good. I was kind of surprised that Sylvester Stallone has a, a role in this. It's a small role, too. It's not even a supporting actor. It's just a bit player. And yet, I thought he was really good in it. He, well, he was, but you know, he was still... I think the problem is he's still Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yes and no. I found it took me out a little bit. A little bit, but I, I accepted it. But th- th- here's the thing. you go, Yeah, it's still Sylvester Stallone. He's, he is a really, really good actor. Most people don't give him credit for that nowadays. You go back and watch the original Rocky, his performance was Academy Award winning. I mean, he, he was brilliant. Oh, yeah. And then you look at him in Copland. He is fantastic yeah. in Copland. He was very good in Copland. Yeah. You know, so he, um, he is a great actor. In fact, I would say that this the last Rocky movie, what was it, uh, Apollo? Uh, or no, Creed. Creed. Yeah. That was a great movie. That was... That was, to me, probably the second best Rocky movie. The first one is the best, then Creed, and then Rocky Two. Well, no, let me take that back. It's Rocky, the first one. Uh, the second one would be uh, Bel- Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. because it sets up what happens in Creed. Right. And then Creed, and then the rest of it falls on the line. But, but what about the one with the uh, Russian dude in it? That's surely the best one. I will break you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Dolph Lundgren. Oh, wow. He he yeah. keeps kind of hanging. He's on the current season of Arrow. A bit player, but he's in there. See? 
Yeah. All right, okay. You know what? He's a guy who I, I enjoy some of those action guys from the 80s. People like him, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, guys like that who just – as they've grown older, they've learned not to take them, and still, still to himself, to be honest, have learned not to take themselves too seriously, and and kind of gently mock themselves in the things they do. And I appreciate that. Well, you know, I think I really Jean Claude Van Damme is the master of that right now. I mean, yeah. he's built, he's rebuilt his career on almost being a caricature of what he was, winking at the camera, saying, "I get it." Yeah. I mean, that yeah. respect for people like that because I don't think Schwarzenegger will do that. I don't think Tom Cruise will ever do that. No, well, Tom Cruise, to be fair, I mean, the guy must sleep in a coffin or something. I don't know what he's on, but he basically is... He's he's like he's like an ageless guy. I know. He he doesn't need to mock himself as he was when he was younger because he's still like he was when he was younger. (laughs) He's going to go from looking young to all of a sudden, like, wow, what happened to Tom Cruise? He's old. Yeah. Whatever surgery isn't taken anymore, because wow. But anyways, I think we've we've gone way off of whatever track we were on. <laughs> New Guardians movie is good. Go see it. Go yeah. see it. I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman here coming out very shortly. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to get excited. I'm, I want to get excited about the DC stuff, but I, I got you know it, it's just been terrible so far. Yeah. Funnily enough, I um. I rewatched Batman versus Superman the other day. I watched the extended cut. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, um, which helps improves a the original movie. Yeah, it helps a little. Yeah, but the problem is, is that the, one of the fundamental flaws in that film is the fact that it had to be three hours long to even make sense. And mm-hmm. um, shows you that the script was flabby and um, poorly done. And of course, then they they added a whole load of the world building in there, which I think they should have just got rid of a whole lot of that. Yeah. Um, all the business with you know the visions and uh, the flash coming through the portal and all of the crap that just didn't need to be there. Nope. Um, they would have been better to really kind of focus it down and probably you know zone in on on why Lex Luthor does the things he does because it doesn't make any sense. Even in the extended version, you, you don't really understand the proper motivation for what he does. Um, and um, yeah, it's still. Well, they didn't need to have any bad guy if it was going to be Superman versus Batman. Just yeah. start right where it did because the beginning of that movie is brilliant. Yeah. And then you go right into the Batman story that, hey, this is tied into uh, the Chris Nolan stuff. It's just Ben Affleck now. So you don't throw any of that away. It's it's still the same character. Um, he's been retired for a while, but now he sees this guy. It's been 10 years since he's retired, right? Mm-hmm. So the Joker's gone. All that's happened. Um what happens at that point? I think that would have made a great story. And if you don't want to tie in the Nolan stuff because you want to reuse some of the characters, and okay, fine. But it's still been 10 years since Bruce Wayne was Batman. Uh, he's kept in shape. He's done a few things a little bit, on, you know, but not like he used to. Not when he, like he was younger. And there's a, yeah. uh, there's a Robin, but he, something happened to Robin. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But he sees Superman... And he sees him as a threat, and he decides he's going to have to get to the bottom of of who is Superman, and is he a good guy, is he a threat? And that leads to the inevitable confrontation where they fight. I think that would have been a much better movie. You didn't need a, a villain. You know, the climax is those two fighting, 
and then coming together at the end for whatever reason. Yeah. Or just, and you, hey, we're you still buddies. Could have done, you still could have done some kind of peripheral world building by still bringing Wonder Woman in during the battle and saying, you know, basically knocking the heads together and saying, what the hell are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> you or know, Wonder Woman coming... Don't you, know that, don't you know that the universe is bigger than you two? And guess what? There are things coming and we need to be ready. Right. You could have still done all of that and it still would have been just as satisfying. Absolutely. And they wasted Doomsday because that, that should have been a movie all in it to itself. You know, the death of Superman. But we didn't care that he died because... You never really cared about this character in this incarnation. No, and not mean that. They killed him for five minutes because yeah. he was, you know, it was clear at the end of the movie he was coming back. <laughs> and it's and he, they haven't shown him in any of the trailers or anything, but it's like, well, everyone knows he's back. Everyone's seen pictures online with him in a black suit, so it's not like it's a big surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, It's still a golden time for these geeky-type movies. It's... There's so much going. I mean, Kong Island. It's so it's really good. I I had zero expectation. I was like, eh, just another reboot of a you know King Kong. Who cares? It was good. I I have to admit, I was really really impressed. And so just to yeah, I've not seen Kong Island. Yeah. But just to kind of you know steer us back into our our uh, wheelhouse a little bit. Um, I mean, one of the things that a lot, all these movies now have in common is is the massive amount of CGI they use. And it's um, getting better. Do you think that... Yeah, I mean, do you think we're at the point now where effectively every movie has CGI and we don't notice? No. Or... Or, or is it, or is it still that you know a difference between the CGI spectacle and the and the kind of the? I actually the think there's some pushback um, in a lot of respects. There's a lot more they could have done with CGI, and in, for instance, uh, the last two Star Wars movies. But they actually pushed back on some of it because the directors and in production they wanted the physical props because it lends weight to a scene. I think it helps actors to actually be sitting in a mock-up of the Millennium Falcon rather than a couple chairs and everything else is just CGI. Um, and I, I think audiences are getting a little tired of these movies where, oh, look, there's a big flash coming from the sky, this giant beam hitting the earth. Uh, how many movies have we seen that in? <laughs> you know, I, it's funny you should say that. I flicked on the TV in the hotel the other night, and the uh, the 2009 Star Trek reboot was on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I you know, I watched it for, for half an hour or so. Um and all of a sudden, you start to realize, wow, I've seen some of this, some of these tropes in about five or six different movies since that came out in 2009. Yeah. You know, it, you, you do, if, once you start doing that, you do realize how derivative some of the stuff is becoming. And, um, massively. Yeah, so. it is, it is, it is tiresome. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I, I do find it difficult that, um, some, kind of effects and and kind of setups have to be the same thing you know the like you say the blue beam with the portal in the sky and um it is is almost like a caricature of itself at the moment in, in my daughter often you see it yeah my daughter rachel or i'm sorry my daughter brooke and i uh waiting for the bus stop one morning she talked about dad she says do you think aliens have been to this this planet dad Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I don't know. We wouldn't know if they were. And she goes, well, how? Well, what about Area 52? I said, it's just a military testing ground, honey. There's nothing there. Uh, I, there's top secret stuff, but it's, you know, uh, 
avionics from you know spycraft and stuff like that. It's there, there's no aliens there. We've never captured aliens. And she goes, well, how would you know? And I said, well, let's think about it for just a minute. Imagine that there is a species out there that is capable on a technological level of either a traveling faster than light to get here mm-hmm. with the same crew, B, uh, able to warp space, i.e. create something like a wormhole, so using some kind of technology we can't even imagine, to get here almost instantaneously, or C, they are still limited to Einstein's rules, and they launched uh, a probe or some kind of a craft with artificial intelligence piloting it and watching us, looking at us. So if you take that, 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 that they are so advanced that they can do that, they could travel that fast, do you think that they would just simply crash on the planet? Do you think they would leave evidence of their existence? We would be, anything they do would be almost magical. What kind of cloaking technology would they have to be in the same room with you and you wouldn't even know? Well, I... Which, by I, the way, when I, I actually, said that to yeah, a student I, like that I get, what, I get what you're saying, and I think that's a, that's a strong argument to make. I, I kind of have a slightly different perspective on it. I, I think the universe is so enormous, even the galaxy is so enormous, that if you have that technology, that capability... Then, uh, you, then you've got to think about, well, what would you do with it? You want to go explore? Fine. But why would you go looking for other life, intelligent life? Because there's a whole universe there full of empty planets with all the resources you might ever need. And let's face it, most of the time, what what any what anybody wants from any piece of land is resources. They're not really interested in making friends. They certainly would. Why would they want to trade with us well what would we have to offer something like that my opinion is that there is life out there and the reason we don't see them is because they're just not interested in interacting with other life and if they were to interact with us it would be like us interacting with with ants in that in that uh, you know their perspective and our perspective are so dissimilar that they probably would just ignore us and and i suspect that's probably what it would be is is there's no reason anybody would ever want to come here because why why would they there's nothing interesting about us to a life to a a species that can travel across the stars why would you want to go and and visit people who are effectively in the stone age because they're interesting come on you know i i think i think if you're at that level that technological level where you can go anywhere in the galaxy you want there are probably far more interesting things to go and look at than this backwater planet with with this backwater species on it who you know let's face it we we may not last more than a few few more hundred years we've not been around for that long and, and i suspect that's that's the real reason we don't see aliens is just because we're just not that they're just not that into us <laughs> and i don't think our ideas are mutually exclusive either yeah. that they probably yeah. and if those kind of species they probably have checked us out but we're so primitive that we wouldn't even know it yeah but I, you know, I, I disagree with they. Why would they want to be friends? Um, the re, you, I don't think looking at the resource aspect is why they would necessarily venture out. I think that philosophy, um, higher learnings, all those kind of things is why they would want to contact other species. So, 
Yeah, but if, if you want to contact another species for a cultural exchange of ideas, you've got to be kind of in the same wheelhouse. Yes. And, and, and clearly we are not. Well, we so, can't even govern ourselves under, you know, the same principles, let alone, <laughs> I mean. Even within, even within the we're, same. We're, we're such a fractured planet. Our, yeah, our, even, our when the, even when the same countries were fractured. We're Absolutely. Divided. Oh, neighborhoods. I mean, it's. <laughs> we're a planet that still looks at different pigmentation like, oh, that person's inferior to me because yeah. the pigmentation yeah. of their skin is different than mine. I mean, yeah. you, you can't get any more Neanderthal than that, can you? No. We like to think of ourselves as an advanced species, but are we really? No, I don't think we are. <laughs> I don't think I mean, we are. I mean, I mean, in terms of civilization, we've not even had civilization and agriculture for more than about five, six thousand years. That's right. That I mean, cos- I mean, we are cosmically. That's 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 a microsecond. Right. I mean, just look at it this way: Apple just figured out that the Mac Pro was a bad idea. Okay, <laughs> enough said. <Yeah. laughs> I tell you what's a good idea is to shop it. MacSales.com. They got a graduation yeah, it, sale thing going on right now, David. Their weekends yeah, are special. If there's any aliens out there looking for cultural exchange, I reckon recommend IWC. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got the whole galaxy thing going on. Did you know they renamed, yeah. uh, they got permission from the city of Woodstock. They renamed the corporate headquarters, the street. Um, I think it was Woodbridge or something like that. It's Galaxy Way. Cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it yeah obviously it fits in with uh, the motive of of the company, so that's pretty cool. They got a, they got a lot of cool stuff on sale right now. I was just kind of looking at the uh, weekender special for this week and this gifts for grads, and there's a couple cool things on here that honestly looks kind of cool. Sound Freak Soundstep Compact Wireless Speaker and Dock with Bluetooth. You could stream audio directly to the Sound Freak. Sound step without missing a beat. That's pretty cool. It's a little speaker and it's like a little step, I guess. You plug in your iPhone. I don't know why. If you could plug in your iPhone, why do you need to send it wirelessly? But uh, maybe the uh, maybe the Lightning just gives you charging rather than actually being an audio connection. It's pretty cool looking, though. I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, it's kind of a bit of a throwback, really, because. Back before Bluetooth became a really big thing, we, this is what we all had. We all had manual docks. Yeah, I remember. Um, and that does have the advantage that it charges your device when you're using it, which, um, you know, we's, uh, charging is basically what we all need to do nowadays. It's become the uh, – I've, I've heard this a few times recently. It's become the, stand, the standard excuse for anybody who doesn't email you back or text you back or call you back is to say, oh, yeah, I lost my charger and my phone was flat. Yep. <laughs> Such a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've all heard that a few times. Yeah, because we all know nobody ever lets their chart, their flat phone go flat because we're too dependent on them. You know, I had GPS running on mine. I was checking mm-hmm. traffic conditions before I left work yesterday. Yeah. Um, Google Maps. And I got in my car, and I thought I had plugged in my phone all the way, but I didn't. So I was actually streaming uh, the podcast I was listening to rather than the direct connection. And I didn't notice that either. So I'm doing all these things with my phone and I'd been using it all day too. So it was like 40% already. I've been using my phone all day. Now I've got GPS running without even realizing it. I'm streaming stuff via Bluetooth. 
So <clears throat> I get home last night. I, I don't look at my phone. I set it up on the shelf. Didn't plug it in. I come down this morning and I want to check my messages. Specifically, I was looking to see if David Cohen texted me and what time he wanted to do the show today. And of course, my phone was dead. And I was like, wow, this is the first time in a long time my phone's been completely dead. Hmm. It took about an hour to charge all the way up, though. Yeah. So most people, though, you're right. You don't let your phone go all the way dead. Um, but OWC right now, <laughs> getting back to our sponsor, has a Sabrent, S-A-B-R-E-N-T, Sabrent, Sabrent USB-C to 4-port USB 3.0 hub. So if you're on a newer Mac with USB-C and you need to plug, plug in some old peripherals, this is perfect for you, and it's only uh, 16 bucks. So keep that in mind if you've got a newer Mac and you need access to old stuff like, a, I don't know, a printer. Printer or SD cards, um, SD card readers or USB sticks is, is the other thing that I'm always sticking in my machines. Um, and, uh, yeah, it seems to be you. <laughs> the more technology improves, the more we go back to effectively using a souped-up version of the floppy disk. I don't know what that's all about. It's just, it's it's just easy, yeah. And there's almost yeah. always an, uh, a different way we could get it on there, but it's easy this way. So there's something I wanted to talk. We haven't put this in the show notes, but I I actually wanted to raise this with you. There was a rumor that came out the other day that the Department of Homeland Security is considering extending the ban on any device larger than a than a phone to all um, incoming flights from Europe. So effectively, you would not be able to have any device other than a phone in the cabin with you on the plane. You would have to check it in your baggage. And, of course, nobody wants to check a laptop in their baggage because it'll probably get stolen because you can't lock anything up either. Also, thanks to Homeland Security. Or it'll get broken because the bag handlers, I've watched them, they, they pitch those bags five feet and exactly. they crash to the tarmac. and Exactly. So, um, it... it, it Kind of because I have a trip planned to the US in, as you know, I'm coming out to Mac stock, and I, I, I started thinking to myself because I saw a lot of comments about, you know, how would you manage? <laughs> how would you manage on a, you know, how would you keep yourself entertained on the flight without anything to do? And it's like, well, okay, that's that's a bit of a canard because people managed that before we had devices. But I actually started thinking about the practicalities of not having anything with me, and and coming out to Mac stock for a few days. Time, time uh, to buy a Nintendo Switch. Well, I think a Nintendo Switch probably won't be allowed. I think it's too big. Yeah, it's you just hold it up to anything. your ear as you're boarding and act like it's a, just a large cell phone. Huh? Yeah, and hold then they minute. take it off you, you, and then they put it in one of those transparent plastic bins full of other stuff, and then you cry. Yeah, I think it's a dumb idea. Um, oh, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I think it's a very, very dumb idea. I also don't quite understand if you take make people check it in their baggage how is that any safer for the plane than having it with you it's not I, that's that's the problem with I suppose you can't security. kind of light it on fire if it's really a, a if it's really an explosive but it doesn't seem to me to be a particular good solution to whatever the problem is they're trying to solve um but that's the problem with most of the security uh, at least the travel type stuff is it's the illusion and most people are happy with the illusion and it doesn't really protect you, and there's really no way to protect people 100%. So people either put up with this kind of crap and go, oh, they're protecting us, 
or everyone comes to realize, you know what, there's no way to, to protect everyone. And so we, if you're going to fly, you're going to take some chances. I'm not saying let anybody, you know, with a hatchet onto the plane or a machete or a gun, but let's, let's, let's knock it off the stupid stuff because it, it just looks bad. Well, I, th- I think in the modern in the modern lifestyle, I mean, certainly anybody who's, who's planning to do any sort of business from Europe to the U.S. can't go to the U.S. without a computer with them. No. Well, and yeah. here's the thing: in the United States, there's nothing you can't get here. So, okay, they they can't take their bomb onto the aircraft with them. Well, guess what? They could assemble a bomb here very easily, and, and then fly back with it. Yes. Yeah, and it, then do it the other way. It's it makes no yeah. sense. It's 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 utterly ridiculous. It's they're not protecting anybody. A lot of these things happen because they're trying to justify justify a budget. They want to hire more people. They want to get more powerful, and this is what you get. I'd be interesting to see how it goes because obviously the um, it's not been a good week for the administration, uh, and this was kind of floated, and then very quickly they said. Um, quick, very quickly, they said they said that it, it, it you know it hadn't been decided on. Well, there's a reason that you know I we really don't talk about government and policy and politics on the show because yeah, it's a lose lose. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things both of us can say about politics nowadays. And uh, quite honestly, it's it's everywhere now, and I it, it doesn't do our show any justice to to even discuss it here. Well, it's it's all, unfortunately it's also negative, um, but uh, when when people are trying to make decisions that may sort of kind of affect the area we we still talk about and and stifle technology, then that is a concern. And, I agree. Um, you know, I, I I've got to be honest with you, if if they were to, as I say, it looks like with all the negative publicity that they perhaps are rethinking their approach to that policy. And maybe the leak was a way of floating it to see how people might react. But um, I, I'd be honest, if, if that were the situation, I would think very hard about when I had to go to the States and what I had to do. And I think that's going to be the case I'd, with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I'd certainly have to, in the future, look, I mean, I'm committed to MacStock this year, but... To be honest with you, if I can't bring a, com- a computer with me, um, I wonder. I, in terms of speaking at MacStock, that would make things very difficult for me. Um, and I, you know, I normally go to VMworld in in Las Vegas at the end of the year. Uh, I spend a week there. If I if I go there without a computer, that means I can't do any work while I'm there, and that pretty much makes it a non-starter for me going. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking. Speaking of MacStock. McAlley has donated a whole bunch of products for the mm-hmm. MyMac quiz that Guy Searle and I are doing on the stage. I don't have a complete list of that, uh, unfortunately, but it's a it. There's a lot of stuff that they're sending, so we're going to have a lot of yeah. just from that alone. Uh, a lot of stuff that we can give away on the main stage. Um, where's my glasses? I need my glasses. I can't. I can't see. Um, but beyond that, uh, where is it? I want to, I want to get the right product here. Yeah. Uh, Pixelmator company behind, uh, that really cool app. 
they're yeah, going to give us a few shots. A shot for, for, for regular money rather than silly money. <laughs> um, they are going to be sending some codes to give away as well for Pixelmator. It's a great app. It really is. So yeah. that is going to be another one that it's just like, wow, this is this is kind of a cool thing. Um, let me look. Thought out. Mike Talmadge, I had him here on the MyMac podcast many years ago. And they make, I think, some of the best stands out there that you can get for iOS devices and, and laptops and, but mostly it's iOS stuff and, and Android stuff. And they're giving us away, let's see, uh, simple, simple plex. Uh, he says, this is a great commercial grade product at a low competing price that works for all iPad models and mini with or without case. It has a great solid five star review on Amazon works great in a professional environments like restaurants, coffee shops, as a POS stand, etc. So that's something else that we're going to be giving away. We're going to give away three of those. I uh, kind of want one of those. I they know. look really nice. They look really... <laughs> and that's the thing. Thought out. He's been... They've been making... They're a small business, okay? Yeah. And I gave them um, some PR very early on. But their products are just really, really good. I mean... Yeah. I've always been impressed. I've still got... An iPod case. I mean, that's how long they've been doing this. I mean, originally they were for iPods. I still have an iPod case. It's a, uh, oh, what do you call it? It's painted, but it's uh, powder-coated. It's white, yeah. powder-coated, yeah. and it matched the, the first iPod. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's brilliant. It's dirty. It's heavy-duty. I don't have any use for it anymore. I've got it in a drawer. I can't I can't bring myself to get rid of it because it's just a really great product. Yeah, it's funny actually. I, I remember um, they branched out a few years ago from just doing these. They were always great at those big solid steel stands and things they sell, including the Simpleplex. But I, I remember a few years ago they came up with some stuff with it. The first time I saw, I saw it, I thought, why has nobody thought of that before? Yep. They uh, they did a thing for the MagSafe port that actually locked it onto the laptop so it couldn't come out. Yep. Because one of the problems with MagSafe is it's great if if you know somebody pulls on a cable and, and pulls it and pulls it out accident uh, accidentally doesn't pull your laptop onto the floor. But there are times when it comes out when you don't want to and they have a lot that stops that from happening i remember at the time thinking what a great idea yeah absolutely so we want to thank um these companies that are are donating stuff to for i mean just so we can give it away to to attendees that participate in the my mac quiz at mac stock so thank you very much pixelmator yep. mac stock obviously they're holding the event MacAlley yep. and ThoughtOut.biz. I'll put a link to all three of these companies, including MacStock, in the show notes. So check them out because, let's be honest, w- without companies like this, there's no sense in having some kind of a quiz or something because, you yeah. know, nobody wants to participate in a quiz and, and they don't. What do you win? Nothing? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd suggest everyone as well keep checking all the Apple um, entries in Wikipedia to start. Um, brushing up on your Mac history if you want to win one of those cool prizes. It's not just Mac history. It's uh, it's pretty cool stuff. I, I, I'm about okay. a third of the way through the quiz creating it, and uh, to be honest with you, it's 
it's not a difficult thing for me to put together. Um, yeah. But it's putting the right graphics in and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, most of the quiz, if you're a diehard Mac user, you could probably get right off the top of your head half the answers. You, you already know. But the other half, you, you're not going to know. So it'll be fun for everyone, I hope. And, uh, you know, if, if you haven't decided to come out to MacStock yet or you're still thinking about it, dude, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really yeah. is. And it's it's fast approaching, too. That's the thing, David. It's, uh, it's, it's not far from wherever you live. I mean, flights are not very expensive. And what else are you doing from July 15th and 16th? Come on. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> Let's jump on a plane. Everybody listening to this now needs to come. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. No question All about it. Five of you need to come. All five. <laughs> that, that would be, yeah. Uh, we also want to thank the other podcasters in the MyMac Podcasting Network, including the Essential Apple Podcast. They just released a new episode, number 41, New Possible Income Revenues for Apple, because... Let's be honest, Apple needs new uh, revenue. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, my Mac podcast number 655, doomed, I tell you, doomed. Wait, wait, how much? Uh, Geeky Show Avenue number 257, hacking Amazon Prime. I haven't listened to that yet, but I want Sounds to cool. because, you know, we are both Prime members and I'm, I'm all for... Uh, <laughs> By hacking, I assume that means getting... I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I, I I'm intrigued to find out yeah. now because now I gotta I'm, listen. I'm worried. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, let's talk photography, number 44. Aviation photography. And finally, Club Nintendo, number 159. Um, and obviously, they're going to be talking about the new 2DS XL that we discussed last week. So if you're looking for new content to listen to, there's a whole bunch of new shows right there. Each one's about an hour long. So, heck, that's one, two, three. That's five new hours worth of content. That's a lot. It is, yeah. David, we love feedback. It's real simple to get a hold of us. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com uh, or on the Twitter. It's techfanpodcast. And same thing on, oh, what's the other one? Yeah, uh, Facebook. 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 So we did get a little bit of feedback. We got one from Brendan. Uh, it's yeah. pretty long, so let's scale it down a little bit. And, sure. And uh, then yeah. we can jump into our wiki trolling, which you picked this week. I did, yeah. We've still not heard any good names mm. for that, so wiki trolling is staying for the moment. Um, but, yeah, we haven't heard from Brendan for a while, um, but he, he does like to kind of uh, – Give us, a, give us a good opinion when he does get in touch with us. Always appreciate it, Brendan. Thank you very much. He said that with the Surface Laptop, that if you're a Windows user, you would definitely want one of those. And says in terms of Apple, he the last thing he bought, uh, the last Apple product he bought dates back to 2009. He says nothing they make nowadays makes him want to buy. So uh, it's an interesting perspective versus the uh, Surface Laptop. But he did, he did say about Apple being unable to focus on more than two things at once, which was something I was talking about last week. He, he agreed with me. He said, he said Apple neglects so many superb products. He loves the Mac Mini. He's had three over the years that's, that he's bought that still work. Uh, and um, he says the last one was actually a, a downgrade, and, and I agree with him. That. The last it one, was. effectively, they, they put um, 
MacBook Air innards in it, and it seriously was a performance yeah, hit. And more of a, uh, a mobile processor than a full desktop processor. Exactly. And, and the, you know, again, this is an, the Mac Mini is another product that has been, I mean, it's always been pretty badly neglected, but especially the yeah. fact that they're charging a you know, reasonable price. money for, for a machine that old nowadays. They should yeah. be a bit ashamed about just as with the Mac Pro. Um, but but in terms of the Mac Pro, Brendan makes the point that he he he, he talks about this before. We know he likes to frequent um, local suppliers um, and small businesses rather than necessarily big corporates. So he said he went to um, a local computer repair shop run by some friends of friends of his who were a family business, um, and the son there had just built a gaming machine using all the latest components. Um, and he said it, you know, it was a fabulous thing. It was quiet. It ran this, um, this graphics routine he'd not seen before. He says he's not a gamer, but it, you know, it ran this graphics routine and it was, it looked epic. Um, and, you know, it was all nicely laid out, loads of ports, loads of bays, nice tidy cabling, uh, extremely quiet because it had a big fan on it that ran slowly because big fans don't need to run quickly. And he says, how come if somebody in a small family business can, basically take off the shelf components and build such a great machine how <laughs> come apple with and, and it, yeah one quarter trillion dollars in coffers is in, incapable of keeping desktops even remotely up to date it's utterly pathetic and like you know look this is kind of what what we uh, what we all agree on i think really and even apple agrees on though unfortunately their response is to go and design something new that we won't see for at least a year um brenda basically says what we really wanted and what everybody really wanted was just new internals in the original cheese grater design. Uh, instead, what they came up with a, a vanity appliance, which was a wet dream to a poncy pretentious designer, brackets Ive, but a totally impractical, useless POS to a working everyday pro who needs a practical machine. So, um, yeah, hard to disagree with that, really. Yeah, it actually is. Um... Yeah. Again, we'd love to get your feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Brendan, thanks for emailing us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, there's, um, there's a whole lot of more stuff in there about the um, graphics benchmark. I'll be looking that off the show, Brendan, and getting the lowdown on that. So, I got a, a an email from Simon from the Essential Mac Podcast, mm-hmm. and he wrote. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, enjoyed the last tech fan, by the way. I think the phrase you were looking for is wiki trawling rather than the negative sounding trolling. I uh, wish I could tell you, I, tell you I had a really clever name for the segment, but unfortunately I didn't, I, or I don't. Best I came up with is we wander around the wikis. My well, reply was... I, I, I could go for wiki wander. Uh, I, I replied to his we wander around the wikis is sounds too much like David and I are holding hands going for a stroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, your point is, what's I, wrong with that? I, I like you, buddy, but you get swatty palms. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no wiki wonder, then. That's a shame. I, li- mm. I like an alliteration. You know, I use the, the trolling thing on purpose. Yeah, because of yeah, you know, So, yeah, so let, because... let's jump right into it to uh, end okay. this show. What do you got for us, David? Because you picked the wiki this week. Yeah, I, this is this one. I always, um, you know, one of the beauties about Wikipedia is you can find loads and loads of useless information about something you kind of heard of obliquely from back in your youth. And this is one of these things. This is the Oak Island mystery. Now, I have heard uh, of this. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, it's one of those things a lot of people have heard of but don't know an awful lot, lot about. Uh-huh. So, um, 
So the Oak Island of Mystery is is, is a, a a suspected money pit in a uh, in an island on an island that's just off uh, Nova Scotia in Canada, um, and effectively there's a, a tale that goes round that there is a depression or there was a depression found on this this island um, that looked like it was uh, that somebody buried something there. And the story goes that when people started trying to dig it up, they kind of start digging there, wondering what might have been there. They found a layer of flags and then below that, a layer of timbers and then more flags. And they just kept going down and the mystery kind of literally deepened as they deepened the hole. Um, there was evidence of tool marks and all this sort of thing. And the, the story goes that um, there might be pirate treasure buried there. Captain <laughs> Kidd's treasure. So, <laughs> so how can uh, you and, jump and from, weird. hey, we found an old settlement yeah. on this island to our pirate treasure? Well, you know, this is... Oh, I know how I mean, we get there. That was facetious. It's because people are stupid and and greedy, and they immediately jump to something yeah. like this because it's their wet dream. Oh my God, it's, it's got to be treasure! And of course, if but, one person says it, all of a sudden, here we go. What what kind of is weird about this one is that first of all, everybody who's tried to dig it has had has had. All sorts of problems. It might be, course, be simply because the people that fall for this crap are dumb to begin with. <laughs> well, you know, this is um, yeah, the, the thing that the thing that Arr. kind of interests me about this is that uh-huh. this is this is before the days of. I mean, this is the 1800s. This is before the days of social media or really any good any type of media, and yet loads of people have been up there to try and find what they all believe is some sort of buried treasure and this thing has taken a life of its own yeah because every time they... wasn't invented with social media though well i know but but it's amazing how people Gullible? are able to raise money to do digs down to a hundred feet level on the back on the back of you know what what could be an old wives tale it's called and the problem is every time every time greedy. people have tried to dig out this hole they've had floods they've had collapses they've had all sorts of things which can all be apparently attributed to booby traps or ingenuity of the people who originally buried whatever's down there anyway and or that um, it's an island (laughs) well so people keep going and um yeah they i don't know we kept digging deeper no we it's it's this water started pouring in and i think it's a booby trap or i don't know it's you're under sea level right now moron one of the two let's flip a coin I think it's an it's an example of what happens how um, confirmation bias works is that basically what happens is every time somebody digs down there and they find something like a, a piece of wood or uh, the the latest thing is coconut fibers apparently which are found in this hole which everyone says well there's no palm trees in this area so it must be pirate treasure sure it must because be part you know, of the elaborate um, thing that Captain Kidd buried there right because I, the environment those, hasn't changed at all forever and ever so. Yeah, and 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 how people think that if um, if using all modern equipment they can't get to the bottom of this hole, how they think a, a pirate and his crew actually managed to <laughs> bury bury stuff down a hundred feet and all set set also set all the booby traps and everything yeah. um, is uh, is very interesting. But there you go. I mean, all through the nineties, people have been trying to dig up this hole, 
they sent cameras down and apparently you know they keep saying oh we've seen something that might be a wooden chest yeah <laughs> might be you know Re- reinforcing the the myth to justify the expenditure to be there because they're gullible and stupid and greedy and hey if, the, if you're doing it on someone else's dime why not let's let's yeah, give appara- it a chance apparently they've dug down 180 feet and found bedrock um, well, still found nothing else so um there you go um but as as i mentioned this thing that kind of has a life of its own and um uh, certainly when i first heard about it it was it was portrayed as a, a dead certainty that it definitely was some sort of booby trapped hole uh, most scientists now apparently reckon it is a natural occurring <laughs> sinkhole and in fact um they say yeah. you know you have a sinkhole guess what stuff blows into the sinkhole and that gets covered up in silt and if you start digging it up you know flat rocks and bits of dead tree and everything are going to look a little bit like logs and flagstones and that sort of thing if you're kind of minded that goes back to the confirmation bias thing i was talking about yep. before um so there you go if anybody is but how did flags get down there david there was huh? flags how did flag well i don't know there was a, a settlement there and oh sinkhole it went underground crap we better move you know, there was a big sinkhole in Ohio, and all these Corvettes got swallowed up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and well, one of them is so bad, they just left one of them down there. So 500 years from now, they're going to dig it up. And, oh, my God, look. There, it's got to be oh, – it, 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 it's John Chevy Ford's buried treasure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's actually, there is actually um, – there's a very similar thing um, here in Europe which claims that um, somewhere in, uh, I think it was in Switzerland or Austria or somewhere, that the Nazi buried a train full of rod gold at the end of the Second World War. Uh-huh. And people keep going looking for that as yeah, well. Yeah. And um, it, it's the same sort of thing. They dig somewhere, they find nothing, and, and then they use that as, well, that's proof that we're onto something. Right. We found nothing we found here. Nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the thing is, and I know it's popular from stuff like Indiana Jones and the pulp books from the 20s and earlier that pirates were devious and they hid their treasure and they booby-trapped them and all this stuff. And here, here's what most people fail to recognize as a species, although, you know, recent uh, events notwithstanding to counter my argument, uh, we're getting more intelligent. We're learning new techniques. We're getting more technology. How smart do you really think these people were back then where the 42 years old was considered, you know, senior citizen that they could create these elaborate booby traps (laughs) that would withstand hundreds and hundreds of years of time and erosion and people mucking around with stuff. And, and Oh, by the way, everyone who was there to build these elaborate traps, none of them went back to get the treasure. None of them. They all (laughs) took it to the grave because as we all know, pirates, if they actually did this, they would never tell anybody about this. Never. It's ridiculous. It's, I, I like these kind of stories (laughs) because it confirms what I've always known. People are gullible. They're just going to believe what they want to believe. All truth and all logic notwithstanding, it doesn't matter. People come into it with their preconceived notions, and they will reject scientific fact 
over opinion every single well, time. Not, not only that, it's common sense. If you if you have a, a a stack of gold, you know, a massive chest full of looted treasure, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? And you're you're why a would you bear it? Sail, sailing sailing a ship on the high seas and robbing people is not exactly what I imagine was an easy profession. No. Yeah? wasn't luxurious it wasn't uh easy you basically every time you went into a raid you were risking your life because you don't know who you were attacking and how well armed and everything they were so if you had the literal king's ransom a fortune enough so that every man in your crew could, could be rich what would make more sense that you would divvy that money up and everyone would go to the nearest uh pirate hangout and basically drink carouse and do whatever pirates wanted to do in their off time um, for the rest of their lives, or what they would do is let's club it all together, let's bury it somewhere really, really elaborately, so only we know where it is, and then we'll go back to doing what we were doing before. Right. Yep. Let's go get <laughs> you more know, now. It's like winning the lottery and saying, I'm going to leave the money somewhere safe, and I'm going to forget I have it. Yeah. And, and then every, I'm going to go and back. And all these to very trustworthy pirates that are with me, nobody will ever go back and, you know. Yeah. No. So I, I strongly suspect what happened as a pirate was. You weren't a bit of money from your piracy. You spent it, and then you went back to do more piracy That's until exactly eventually right. you died or were caught. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, next week, I'll be uh, finding the... Uh, what did I put in the show notes? Uh, this week's wiki. Yeah, it's a bad name. I don't know. We, we still got to come up with a better name. We're, we're looking for ideas. And next week, we'll talk about the uh, the Echo show from Amazon. We didn't get to that this week, David. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you send us feedback, the show at techmanpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, tune in next week, and we'll be right here again. See you, David. See you then.